Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Okay, we're back. And then I think <laughs> the camera's not frozen anymore. We have a new link that's been posted. No, so good. So, sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody. First time that's ever happened. Hard to say what that was. Yeah. I don't know. I but don't know. Hey, how are you guys doing today? <laughs> doing just fine We're today. We're to a fine start. Yes, we are. I'm not doing real good because I just was notified that I posted the same meme twice. Oh, that's, <laughs> embar- <laughs> I, I, that's embarrassing. Well, I think that just maybe it means it's a good meme. I thought, you know, I, David, well, it is David, a good really, meme, David really likes this in no. case, in case it, people liked it even. So, I no. mean, it was, you know, the same same people might have liked it. I didn't mean yeah. to do that. No, we forget. Well, that's okay. I am forgetting more these days than I ever have. Yeah, that That's happens. the part that bothers me. Oh, well, you're, you're 50 now, so that, you know. No, it's true. It's, it yeah. happens. All downhill, man. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> What's new? Uh, we were talking about the Beach Boys earlier. We were talking kind of about our technical Beach difficulties kind of derailed that yeah. conversation. I've had a, I had a, yeah. st- I don't know why, but uh, Surfing USA stuck in my head this morning uh, for quite some time. So yeah. I've just been singing that in my head, and I mentioned it to you guys, and then, <laughs> yep. and then we got a new discussion. Does that take you back to your days of surfing? Is that why it's stuck <laughs> in your head? No. <laughs> I, I don't think any of the Beach Boys ever stepped on a surfboard. <laughs> well, I don't think Brent ever has either, so that's my point. I, mean, I probably stepped on one. <laughs> Not in the water, but yeah. Stepped on one with your wetsuit, right? Uh, gosh, no. No, that's not on my bucket list, Chad. Nor, any, nor anybody else's. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the best harmonious voices ever in rock and roll. Better than I, Simon I agree. and Garfunkel? No, well, I, I, so I would, one, one of them's five dudes and one of them's okay. two, so I would maybe kind of classify them separately, right? So right, but under, no. right under the Eagles? No, I, I, Simon and Garfunkel's like, you know, I don't know who I would choose, but those are yeah. both, they're just uh, so you legends. Got, you got Eagles? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I would, <laughs> no, I would not put the Eagles. Be- in Beach there. Boys are kind of in a class of their own. I They're think. legit. Yeah. I wish they wouldn't have started to go. You know, they got weird down the Yellow Brick Trail. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I think when the Beatles started getting weird, the Beach Boys were like, "We need to get yeah, weird we need too. to do the same thing." And it's like, please don't. Right. Your voices don't need weirdness. Just stick with what was already working. Just stick with what was working. Yeah. So we yeah. got two thumbs up already. I think it's the most we've ever got. <laughs> well, just a couple minutes into an episode, yeah, every just time you say with that, the Beach Boys, and they go away. So don't don't point it out. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> what I think happened that one week is I think someone was trying to be nice and yeah. thumb us up, but wasn't gonna, knew they weren't going to be able to stay for it. So they waited till it started, thumbed up, and then dipped, and it took it because they weren't on long enough. I don't That's know. my theory. That that might, might be plausible. I don't know because I can't imagine anybody would ever take back. A thumbs up. It, that they it's us. unimaginable, but it might have happened. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I do stuff every once in a while because I'm uh, probably because I'm getting old, but I'll like something I didn't mean to like. I'll just, my cursor will run over something <laughs> yeah, or sure, I'll, I'll I've put some kind of weird yeah. face or an emoji in there and I didn't mean to, and then yeah. I'll pull it back, yeah. you know, because yeah. you, don't, you don't want that to go on. So I got to watch myself when I'm going down Facebook. <laughs> exactly. Because right. where I start putting my like finger something. is like where the like button is. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, what did I like just now? Yeah. Right. Right. I'm yeah. go try to find it. I've done that before. And it's usually something that, is embarrassing like you yeah, wouldn't want to like it or yeah yeah something totally. you would never like exactly for sure cool yeah uh church potluck is sunday and we're looking at some it's not a potluck what are we doing <laughs> not a potluck <laughs> it's tri-tip we're, we're food's going to be covered it's, the picnic yeah. it's not going to be made in a pot 
No. Well, it's not. We're gonna a, know it's what not, it is. It's not an everybody brings it, stuff. We're gonna know who's it is. There really it. a such thing as luck? Yes, at one of those. Maybe different podcasts <laughs> for different time. <laughs> at one of those, is it pot luck, look or luck? We've talked about this luck, before. Pot luck. So you look first, and, no. then, so, and then it's like so good no, luck with no that. pot and no luck. It's never been <laughs> pot luck. You made that. It's not one. a pot luck. You made that up once. <laughs> I mean, you know? Yeah, it's. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I'm lo- I'm looking when I go to those things. No, it's our twelfth twelfth year anniversary, yeah. and the food is provided. We just want everybody to show up from both locations right after church at the Smith's house, and we're going to have us a, a, a shindig, a hoedown, yeah. yeah, a wing ding. <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> no. That's not a real thing. But whoop de do. That's not, not but really not a brew ha ha. No, we're not going to. No, have no, one no. Of those. It shouldn't. It shouldn't move to that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, things would have to get pretty out of hand right. for it to turn into a brew ha ha. Uh, stranger things have happened at church events, I'm sure. But stranger hey, that's pretty things. amazing though. Twelve years is uh, yeah. something worth celebrating. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it's like how was it? How is it? Twelve years already. It's just been uh, kind of a blur. Yeah. If you look back at pictures of us, a whirlwind when we started. It, no, dude, John, Johnny Tatum <laughs> it looks like, like looks like longer than twelve years. Johnny Tatum <laughs> stepped awesome. into the office like after church on Sunday, and he saw the picture of me yeah. baptizing Bobby, and he's just staring at it, and he goes, "Is that you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is is that you? Like disbelief? Yeah." And I was like, "Yeah, bro. Once upon a time, twelve yeah. years ago, twelve short years ago, yeah, that was me. Yeah. So in some ways, it seems yeah like." A very long time, and other ways it's flown right by. But, yeah. But thank the Lord that we're still we're still going. We're still, still enjoying going. it. Yeah. And uh, he's still using the door. Yeah. In both locations. Yeah. So yeah. pretty cool. Yep. There you go. Well, anyway. I think I've known, known you guys. I think for about nine, almost of those yeah. twelve years. Sounds about right. And and Lapine has been about coming. We're coming up on four years. Yeah. Yep. And so that all feels like it's gone by pretty quickly for me as well. Yeah. 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 yeah it's hard to believe that it's been. That we've been together that long, partnering yeah. that long. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But we're doing it. Um, to back up to an earlier conversation, Caleb Victorino just commented and said, took it back, which I, I think I, she's got to be referring to the thumbs up that went away. She's the, she's the culprit? I, that's the way I'm taking it. Are you confessing your sin right now to all of us? That you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Why would you do hey, that? Hey, hope, yeah. hope I hope you're recovering yeah. well and yeah. all yes. that. Yeah. What are we talking about, David? We're talking. What did we call this? We called it KJV only. Oh yeah, with a question mark. Yeah, yeah. I kind of put, "Can I trust my New Testament Bible?" Because we're going to kind of go that way. But yeah, KJV only, because that's been a thing. Yeah, for a few years, like uh, like four hundred years. <laughs> Since around 1611, <laughs> okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. The, so, uh, so the alternate a, title would have been Things That Make Chad's Head Spin. Well, this started to make my head spin the more that I looked into it because there's so many details of the history, and, and the history is even still unfolding in a way as far as archaeologically when it comes to manuscripts that we're finding and... Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that's still unfolding. But there's yeah. always been, well, for about 400 years, Brent, however long that's been, a sect of Christians who insist that the King's James, the King James version is the one and the only true, trustworthy, authorized, definitive, reliable English translation of the Bible. Everything mm-hmm. else is a fraud. Have you met these people? Yep. Yeah, a couple times. I mean, I see them more uh, present online 
Um, yeah. there, there's definite, there's churches and full websites devoted to it. I've met a few people per- personally that have that take, but, um, and then I think there's just a lot of people that, that assume that like to be a real good Christian, to be extra spiritual, you, you need to just be a King James person right. because they've, they've bought into that kind of a notion. Do you think it's cause it was called the authorized version once upon a time? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to, and there's, there's, uh, you know, we just, uh, there's memes that I see floating around too that that are kind of alarming. They they show this this idea of like we'll get into it, but I mean you know here here's the King James version and there's here's these other Bible versions yeah. and and they they post these alarming kind of things that that freak people out. Yes. And so yeah, if you're not really digging into it and paying attention, did you get what was it like for you guys the first time you realized that this English translation had stuff missing? From this English, it's like, little, did you guys trip out? Like, trippy, oh my gosh, yeah. there's a, it's a little trippy. There's a verse missing here. Yeah, like, I was told that yeah. this was reliable. What's it's like going on? Verse seven, and then there's no verse eight, and then there's a verse nine, and you're like, who took a verse? Right. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah. Where'd my verse go? Yeah. Did the yeah. scribe screw up? <laughs> yeah. Did the printing press screw up? Yeah. Weird stuff. So my my question is, uh, we've all met these guys. There's people even to this day that are extremely convinced, convicted, King James is the only one true English translation that we have that's reliable, complete, all that good stuff. And so, like, where does that come from, I guess, is what I want to ask. Like, why, why is, like, what's the argument that most of them have? Chad, are, are you okay? Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm waiting okay. for the answer. Okay, God. The answer you know. that I hear a lot is that if it was good enough for the Apostle Paul... It's good enough for the rest of <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah, G- Jesus endorsed the King James version. Yeah, yeah. I know that's a joke, but people act like it's yes. it's, it's it's as good as the original right. manuscripts, and mm-hmm. it's it's not that's not true at all. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I honestly kind of am stumped as to why it's had that much staying power and, and why people think that it's um, the goat. Yeah, you know, yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's what I wrote. The goat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the more that I looked at it. And even what I've heard from people is that it's the earliest full English compilation of the Greek that we had. So they say it's the oldest, yeah. it's the most reliable, uh-huh. but but that's it's not, not true. We're gonna we're gonna talk yeah. about that a little bit. The language but, is beautiful, that part. I mean I get the, the language. Yeah, there's is, a beauty to it for sure. Yeah. And then it went through quite a few revisions, corrections, some would say perfections, to get it to where it's at. And then there was a guy named Stephanus that came along and added basically that the address is the numeric cataloging of of so chapter and verse numbers and when it was then complete after its revisions with these this numeric cataloging it was presented to England this is what I understood oh. as here's you know yeah. the, the received text which is then when it got its name textus receptus and it just became this kind of like moment when the clouds opened and it was like this is it this is the yeah. definitive greek you know set of manuscripts that we have greek translation that we have so there were definitely some other stuff going on in the greek well, the or ju- in the english sorry prior to this and yeah. by the way let me just mention real quick when we talk about what we're talking about today, as far as textual criticism, we're talking about the New Testament. So the Greek manuscripts to the New Testament, not the Old Testament, not the Hebrew. So, okay, go I ahead. was just going to say the Geneva Bible was the first one that added <coughs> chapters and verses yeah. uh, that had never been done before that. The Geneva Bible preceded King James. So I'm not saying what you're saying isn't yeah. accurate. It, it probably, I didn't I didn't know the Stephanus thing, but, yeah. but the Geneva Bible was the first to add chapter and verse. Um, which so they had, had a, which a catalog? Out. 
Yeah, it came out yeah. sh- shortly before that. And it's funny because the Geneva Bible people, um, that became like the, the, the Bible that was being read in the pews, uh, not from the pulpit, though. That was your Reformation Bible. Well, because, it, you know, Calvin was involved in one of, I think it was brother-in-law wrote Bez, the majority of it. I thought Beza was, or was the Beza Bible separate? Because that, uh, that was a big deal, too. That's a cool I, name. Anyway, Beza a lot of Theodore Beza was yeah, basically yeah. the, you know, the, the contemporary of Calvin. Anyway, the guy, the Calvin's brother-in-law's last name started with a W. I can't remember what it is. Huh. Um, but he's the one that was wrote the majority of the Geneva. There but because it had such a Calvinistic, uh, or, or, or I don't know what you want to call it, kind of a bent, um, people didn't always like it. But yeah. when the King James came out, the Geneva people were like, that Bible's garbage. This is the right Bible, and there was like even then there were these controversies about sure. you know which Bible was better and all that. It's always existed. Still Where were exists. we getting most of our our Greek source material prior to the Textus Receptus? Do you guys know? So like even the Geneva one, you and I, you and I yeah. maybe read some different stuff on this. Where was it? So so the know. so the King James. You mean the Byzantine version? Yeah, wasn't yeah. the first English translation. There were. There were several English translations prior. You just mentioned one. Yeah, so. the I mean, there was the the first one that was put into English, but it was Middle English was Wycliffe. Yeah, and that was like in 1380. And it was part like he. I think he was killed before it was complete, but that's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his follow his, his disciples too. kind of finished it, but, but Wycliffe's yep. the first one. Middle English is something. It sounds weird. Say, it's like, yeah, what is sounds Middle like English? the Hobbit Hobbit language? Yeah, I was thinking Middle Earth. Kind of Middle English. It's, it's you wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't be able to read it. It's very yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the first one that was you know English, but mm-hmm. not not modern English. So mm-hmm. that was 1380, and then I think Wycliffe, I'm sorry, Tyndale, uh, in the 1500s came out with his, which was, um, you know, that was modern English. So the first, you know, and that wasn't the whole thing. He had the, all the New Testament. His was partial too. I books. think he died also before it was yep. complete. And then, yep. and then uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Was it, uh, started with a C. Anyway, Ooh. another dude Ooh. came in and finished it out. Yeah. Um, so there, I, so I there were a few yeah. that were actually in yeah. the works or, or happening before this guy named Erasmus. Cloverdale. 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 Uh. What's weird is when we, so Tyndale, the king killed him. Yeah, they burned him at the stake because they they said his work was heretical and it went against the church. And then a little bit later on, they said, "Hey, you know what? We want to come up with our own Bible." So they came up with the Great Bible, is what it was called. Mm, that Great. That was Bible. prior to King That's James. That's the goat. And it was <laughs> partly because of the size. Yeah, uh, I guess. But uh, so then they they used Tyndale's version though yeah. to create theirs, which is funny. Yeah. They killed him, and then they used his Bible and the work that he'd done. And then Cloverdale came in and finished it, made the whole thing complete. Awesome. But then they had the Great Bible. And then when the Geneva came out, they thought this one's not. We got to have our, another one that's like the churches. Of England, and yeah. then it had the Bishop's Bible. Okay. So those all preceded, those are all English translations. So you went wow. maybe a little farther down the rabbit oh, hole than well, I did. I, mean, I, I started going down the rabbit hole, and I'm like, this is too much to write down and too much to remember. There's yeah, quite, I, a, few, I the same thing. quite yeah. a few English translations before the King James. Yes, um, there are. That's, yeah. that's the point, Right. is that what we look at as the goat in the King James Version is not the oldest English translation that we have. Where did the the Greek uh, source material come from, from the earlier translations? Because so Erasmus were, was really this guy yeah. where we end up getting the, what we call the Textus Receptus. The Latin Vulgate, from what I understand, maybe we read different things here, is what people were using prior to that to go. And this is part of why what Erasmus did was such a big deal, from my understanding, is because you were then dealing with three languages, Right. Uh, from Latin to Greek to English for your source material where Erasmus wanted to go out 
and, and go firsthand to the Greek material yeah. to go to English so that you're cutting out basically the Latin. Yeah, and so, then what, what he compiled, right. um, he took basically, I think it was a very, it was few manuscripts from the, the, mm. the, the they were the Byzantine ones, which we'll talk more about in a minute, yep. but they were, they, he only had a few of them from the 12th century. Mm-hmm. That's what he, he used to gather his material that became the Textus Receptus, which yeah. is what the King James Bible was yes. translated from. Yes. But, but that's, he was using um, manuscripts that were uh, maybe older than some that were found later. And and that's where the some of the controversy comes from. I guess I don't know where you. I don't want to jump. Well, in let's here, just but. let's just. Yeah. I am going to keep it simple because I there are there are some nuances, but I think for the most part, like we can kind of generalize. Accurately. I would say just just so people understand, so, we don't have any of the original manuscripts. So we would call those autographs. Yeah. We have zero or, original manuscripts or autographs right. of any of the Which original alarms, New Testament books. Sounds alarming to people. I think a lot of people think that there are still original Greek right. and Hebrew yeah, they do. texts. But they, they're, you know, again, when you look at the stuff right. they were written on, right. th- there's no way they could have, can, you know, well, made last Well, this is also the reason we don't, is because there were so many immediate copies made continuously yeah. of the original autographs that the autographs like were just worn out. Well, <laughs> like and that, they that's the survived. amazing thing is that we have. There, there, this is true of a lot of different things yes. that we we look at. You know, as far as um, stuff that's been written that we trust. Yes. When you look at what the Bible has, um, five thousand plus manuscripts that have yeah, been found over, that have been that well have been, yeah, 5, you know 000. that have been rewritten, rewritten that that and, agree. And, and even though they, the part, there are differences, there are differences, but for the most part, they they're, not, agree. they're not. Huge. They agree. Yeah. yeah. And and there's no other ancient. <clears throat> piece of literature that even comes close no, right. to that many copies that agree at the percentage that it agrees at. Right. So like it, it's not even a competition. Like we no one has any reason to question what we have today in our New Testament, even with the disagreements like we're going to talk about today. All right, let's go back to the two primary sets of source text of the Greek. We have Alexandrian and Byzantine. We'll just kind of we'll generalize. Okay. Right, because that's basically what they are. What's the difference between the two, Chad? I, I didn't go that far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> I started going down the rabbit hole, thinking there, there's so much here. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot more Byzantine uh, than there are Alexandrian, um, but they're all older. Okay, and they have more words. So the Byzantine ones have more words than yes. than the Alexandrian ones. So yes. where they were found, how many there are, yes. and how many words are the yes. differences. And that would that would make sense that the Alexandrian texts would be older and found because they primarily come out of Egypt, drier climate, things. Those people down there knew how to preserve, you know, um, you know, materials back then. And so that's primarily, that's why we call them Alexandrian. They come out of, you know, basically Egypt. That's what we refer to as the critical text, right? And um, the critical text uh, is older. It's dated quite a bit older than what we had prior to that, but there's far less of well them. And, and they they weren't found until they weren't widespread they either. weren't found until much later so they they th- those Eight, were, like early 1800s yeah those weren't compiled and they weren't found and compiled right. until the 1800s yes. that's that's why that was so that was after the king james was made um and, and that's Which is why, why it looks like yeah. something new but in reality correct it's maybe something older yeah we'll get to that so we got alexandrian critical text older greek manuscripts fewer of them Right. Then we have Byzantine, right, which is primarily from uh, what we would call Constantinople. This is where the what the Textus Receptus basically. This is what Erasmus basically collected and and put together, known as the Textus Receptus. Many copies of these available. A lot of them, even widespread, 
you know, farther out regionally, um, but not as old. So right. that's the, the difference between the two. Um, which English translations, if you gave just a, a quick list, use which? Uh, King James and New King James <laughs> <laughs> use Byzantine. Okay. Well, they're the only ones that really do yeah, use you're Byzantine. Right. There's one other one. I can't remember what it is, but it's not it's not widespread. But um, that's pretty much all that you – well, all the newer ones use the critical text, the the, the later ones. Um, yeah. So all the modern translations. I would argue that. that all of them use the but Texus Receptus. They, lo- they looked at We're going to talk they, about they that. They looked at the Byzantine stuff, too. Yes. They, didn't, they didn't ignore so it. So this is more called majority text, which we're really not going to get into. Right. But the majority – text is basically the collection of everything we have available and then including everything that agrees across right. all manuscripts. That's a majority but, text. We but, should all... But I guess the, to yeah. try to say it more clearly, the, the King James and the New King James only had the Byzantine texts to look at, so that's all they used. That's they had all the, they had. They had the Latin Vulgate. They had the Vulgate, which they didn't want to look the at anymore. Whatever, right. but, so they had those, but they didn't yes. have the, the, the older text, the Alexandrian text, yeah. because they weren't found until much later. Yes. So when the newer Bibles came out later, yes. they were using the new material as well as the old material, and yes. there were some disagreements in those, and that's why King James Bibles have more verses than the, we have. Which brings us right into our next little piece of fun, right? Uh, the, so the main difference is that the Texas Receptus contains, ends up ca- containing more verses, so those older manuscripts, not older, more recent manuscripts that were found by Erasmus um, had more verses in them, um, and the the older manuscripts, the, the critical text, omits some of those verses, and this is where it gets funky. Once people realize this or they're aware of this or, you know, it's brought to their attention, what do they tend to think? <laughs> what do people tend to think once they go, okay, there's two, you know, primarily different sets of Greek manuscripts. One of them has verses that the other one doesn't have. One of them doesn't have verses that the other one has. What do we do with it? Conspiracy theory. Yeah, they they, they, think, they think something nefarious is, is there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's evil afoot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good what, word, nefarious. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what they act like. Like yeah. there's there's and there's even the King James only people will will even accuse yes. modern Bible you know people of like you guys are you're trying to change the word of God. Yeah. You're, you're trying to ignore these doctrines that are there, and you're trying to shortcut or or yes. get rid of things. And it's just not true, right. especially when we start looking at. I, I would even the say verses. Yeah. I, I would just say they need to stop it. What they're doing is <laughs> they're making people, they're trying to undermine the, the, say the Word of God. Say, what's wrong with you people? It's frustrating because they're undermining people's trust in the Word of God. Yes. And and, and there's no reason to do it. They're, they're just, right. there's not, the differences are so minute. Yeah. They don't change a lot. The King James Bible is a fine Bible. Don't, I, don't, yep. I, I, We're going to talk about that too at the very end. But, we'll but at the end of the that, day, yeah. the new ones, and, and not all of them, we'll get into right, it. Right, 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 right. But the new ones that, you know, for the most part are also find Bibles that can be trusted. And so anybody that's trying to undermine the word of God or people's trust in it, man, someday they're going to have to stand before a holy God and answer for that. And, and, you know, just this whole arrogant attitude of the King James only, and we've got it right and everybody else has it wrong. For sure. That's just... We probably won't get into this today, but there's just so much care that goes into translating Bibles. I mean, so much work and so much care. We are going to go a little bit into that because I think it matters. Teams of people. Yeah. 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 They're they're not just willy-nilly, hey, let's just go write a new translation of a Bible today. Right. (laughs) Right. So... When people know the difference, like it is kind of weird, you know, because I was always brought up, you know, Calvary Chapel, you know, this is, it's inerrant, it's reliable, it's infallible, it's, you know, complete, it, it agrees. And then you start finding out that, oh, the Greek manuscripts that we all draw from for our Bibles don't completely agree. Like some of them have things that others don't. Where does the skepticism tend to lie 
when it comes to, let's say, a King James Bible sitting here with more verses and an ESV sitting here with less verses, where does the skepticism tend to lie and why? Um, I, I think the way you're... Well, I, I think you know I'll, where I'm I'll answer it this way. So King James The people, addition or the subtraction? The, the yeah. King James people <laughs> would say that the reason these older manuscripts don't have these verses is because they were subpar and they left them behind. So, you know, they... they at the time when people looked at them, they went, these aren't good. Yeah. They don't have all the right stuff in them. They left stuff out. So we'll just leave those behind. That's why they were older. So to them, older doesn't mean more reliable. Right. Um, and then to the other side, it, it's like, no, no, th- these are the correct ones. Right. Um, the other ones basically were added to over yes. over years by people that are translating. And you can you can kind of make sense of that. There's there's places where you'll see somebody adds this note for clarification. And like the um, when it says the angel stirred the waters... John five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea is somebody was, was saying they're not going to know what this means. So they added like this little parenthetical statement to explain. Right. And sometimes that's helpful because we have idioms that don't translate well over time. And and so they were, they were making notes in there saying, Hey, this is what went on. And then when the next person copied it, they added it. And pretty soon that just became the larger, you are jumping ahead, but we could, we could do this right now though. So, (laughs) so you're talking about some of the explanations of why one might be adding something or one might be leaving something out. Um, uh, my first question is, which, which one do people tend to think is worse when they first discover that this is a reality? The one that adds or the one that subtracts? And I have found that the, the people tend to look at the, the critical text Bibles, other than the King James, basically, and go, that one's bad. It's trying to change things that have always been because in there. By the, because, because they the, subtract. Because they're yeah. subtracting. Because of the and I mean, I know, I know the verse in Revelation has nothing to do with our entire canon. Okay, first that that's lesson number one today. That's talking about the book, the the book of Revelation, not the entire Bible. But the Word of God is that same principle. Like if if this is the Word of God and it's God breathed and it's His once for all revelation to man, like don't play with it, right? Like leave it right. alone. But we tend to think that that the one that removes Scripture is the one at fault or the one that is trying to deceive people, rather than the version that's added. And I would just say that that doesn't work. Because it's just as bad right. to add something to the mouth of God, to the breath of God, to the word of God, right. as it is to subtract. So it has nothing to do with this one added or that one subtracted, so there's deceit. No, it doesn't have like both are bad if they're intentionally right. Right. inaccurate. They're equal offenses. Right? Equal offenses. Okay. Now, plausible reasons on both sides. Possible reasons. This is speculation. Possible reasons of the textual differences between the two, why one might include one. And you already started going into this as far as like John five, the angel stirred the waters. Um, like what would you say if some of the text has been added in by the scribe, let's say with the King James, like what would be a plausible reason for that? Clarification. Okay. So clarification, maybe they, they felt like there was uh, a valid Liberty to be taken to clarify something from original language into English. Yeah, even when you're when you're dealing with names and and you know as as English language changes over time, sure, you know there's going to be things that you're going to be worded differently, said differently. Um, you know, if you look at the way uh, right. the King James, the 1611 King James Bible, like U's or V's and and V's or U's and stuff, it just looks weird. Weird. So when you're change, you know, when you're trying to write, well, something we didn't now, have in the printing press, we didn't have a lot of the typesets that yeah. that took us from. Greek characters, yeah, straight to English right. characters. So it, there was a, some weirdness. Yeah, but like the yeah. way they pronounce Isaiah or not Isaiah, Elijah or um, Elijah. I mean, it's spelled super weird. You almost don't even recognize the sure. name. And so when you're when you were you know 
correct. You would correct those things to make sense of them. I guess For that's sure. what transliteration I think is. Is yeah. You're, yeah. you're fixing words that um, you're not really changing meaning. For sure. But you're clarifying what the word is. And For sure. So people can read it. Yeah. So it's all. I, I was thinking it was. It's very plausible too that with a lot of the earliest copies and manuscripts that were passed down uh, tradition and copied and recopied that there's other stories or other um, statements that may have been marginalized or in the margins right. from earlier that was kind of a note to self or a side note of that event or that thing. And it's possible later scribes or copiers copied some of those in. It's yeah. possible. Right. It's plausible. Well, even like the example I gave of the note of the angel stirring the water. Exactly. Know, all it says is it's a that, perfect. All example. it says is the guy said he was waiting for you know I'm waiting for the waters to be stirred. Yep. And there's nobody to help me down there. Yep. Well, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. And so, the scribe must have known. Oh, this is there was this theory that when the, there was an angel would come down and stir the water. Yep. And then if you got down there quickly, you get healed. So he adds this little note in the margin. Yes. And then pretty soon that gets inserted into right. the Bible. Yes. Yes. I mean, it just makes sense that that sure. would you know be that way. For and sure. it's, it doesn't change. Uh, you know, anything major, it just helps understand, helps us to understand things. For sure. Yep. How about the subtraction side? Are there any, if there's verses that should have been in there, but they're subtracted, like what are some plausible reasons maybe why those might've been, could be a copyist error, sloppy copy. Sure. You yeah, know, but I mean, most sometimes of the people... people's eyes are running lines and you'll skip a line yeah. or something there's on accident. Human error, yeah. yeah. You know, I guess that's possible. So, yeah, I think, I think what people try to say it is, is that it's, um, you know, and again, something nefarious happening where they're yeah. they're literally trying to change a doctrine or trying to change, right. you know, um, something that we believe to to match what they believe. And I don't think that's going on for sure. I don't think any of that's going on when, when in what you look at, right? So yeah, we're gonna kind of that's look what at the that King James that only conclusion. King James. That's only what they'll say. Say that, right? Yeah, yeah that's right, what right. they'll they'll. Well, Same. even that there's that meme. I mean, I, I was I don't know if you were going to talk about. It. They show this meme. It shows KJV and NIV, <clears throat> and it shows a question: Why did Jesus come to Earth? And then it gives verses. And it's like, okay, first of all, who's asking that question? The Bible doesn't bring that question up. They're, they're asking the question, you know, why did Jesus come yeah. to earth? And then it says, for the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then they went to another village. And then in the NIV, it just says, and then they went to another village. Yeah. Well, if the question is being asked, why did Jesus come right yeah. before that? Well, then it looks like somebody took something out that's pretty important, but that yeah. question was not, it's not being asked. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like, but when you see that phrase that way, you're getting all upset. And, and it's, yeah. you know, why that's in there, I don't know. Yeah. Um, whereas like a, or as like a angel coming down and stirring the water, right. Doesn't change any, in, in any way, any kind of a preeminent, like necessary doctrine right. that makes Christianity. Well, and, and even the thing that's missing in the NIV that's there in the King James is stated elsewhere in the Bible. Yeah. So this idea that totally. the son of man, you know, came to save sinners, yeah. that's found other, again, they're not yeah. introducing something new or different. Right. They're right. just putting right. it in a place that may not make sense. Right. So, so, so my, I guess we could say that we could, on either side, whether it be the Texas Receptus or the critical text, right, we could either say it's deception on either side right. for the adding or the subtraction, or we could say there could just be some plausible, you know, just just some everyday reasons right. yep. why this was right. So we can expect the best rather than, and again, this is the interesting thing. I mean, just to skip to the end. They all acknowledge all texts. Like even my ESV is going to have the stuff that's not in the critical yeah. text included sure. either in a footnote or in brackets. So it's not gonna. It's not right. trying. If it was trying to hide it or erase something, they're not doing a very good job. You wouldn't <laughs> find it anywhere. Correct. Well, right? and I remember my New King James when I used to, I used to read that years ago. Right. Um, still like it. It's a good translation. Yeah. Um, it would say earlier manuscripts. Yeah. You know, left this out. 
Yeah. I mean, they would tell you that. Yeah. They just yeah. said it's it. part of the care there. that goes into you know, those translations. They're, they're not trying to hide anything or, or yep. pull the wool over anybody's eyes. It's just right out there in the open for anybody yeah. to read. Exactly. Um, I did want to read one verse that I, I found interesting. It kept coming to my mind as I was looking at this. And this is more for um, maybe the Texas Receptus and um, the, the, the extra verses that are found uh, there. But it's, it's a statement at the end of the Gospel of John, which is just an interesting statement. You know, John oh. finishes that and says, Now, there's also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books um, that would be written as far as the things that could be told about Jesus. And they would be true things even. Right. And so, again, I, 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 could, see, I could see marginal notes of, of the first guys, you know what I mean? I could see um, what we would call maybe a diary even um, of, of the disciples and the ones who wrote the Bible that were writing other things other than right. what would become canon and picked up yeah. and remembered and used, and, um, and it doesn't make it wrong. They may Actually, not be canon canon. Sure. I, I think that's what John 7... There you uh, go. I think that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Um, and it's the... Uh, that's uh, the story of the woman caught in adultery. Wait, am I doing that? Oh yeah, we are doing that, dude. Oh. Let's go there. Well, that that's an example of one. No, let's 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 um, look at a few examples. Because okay. let me say this before we start: cool. most of the additions by the Texas Receptus over the critical text, most of the verses that they add are small, maybe partial verse or even one verse, the majority. Right? Um, there are a couple areas that are actually chunks. This is one of them. Yeah. That's the reason we wanted to actually look at these is because there's actually a couple of well-known chunks or statements that, that we all know that um, don't go there, that are omitted in the critical text. So, okay, go for it. Well, I was just going to say that, that there's this, this section in here that's the woman caught in adultery that, um, again, if you read it, it says the earliest manuscripts do not include this. Right. They well, still, you're using an ESV. Yeah, th- yep, correct. Yes. But it, it points it out that this yes. wasn't there. So there's a big chunk from 753 to 811 that kind of gives us a count. That's there. You're right. Yeah. If you remove that and just read the the, the way that it, it flows really well without it in there, yep. it almost looks like this was a really important story, one of those things like yes. you talked about, the Jesus, that really happened. Exactly. That yep. the translators wanted to find a place to stick. This is too good not to put in here. Where yes. do we put it? And maybe they just put it in there. Yes. It doesn't... I think it's a real account. I think it's important. Yeah. But I was, I was amazed when you remove it and yeah. read it. It, like, makes... It flows much better without yeah. that in there than it does with it in there. So... so I love this story. I've even it. referred to it before um, in a sermon. So I've, I guess you could say I've, I've used it as canon. I've yeah. used it in as, a, sure. as an example of a point I was making, even though the critical text omits it and says that it's not there in the earliest manuscripts. The reason I do is kind of because of what you just said, is even the contents of what's there flows well without it. It's fine without it. Everything writes right without yeah. it. But what, but what I see with this story is completely consistent Absolutely. with the person of sure, Jesus, Jesus, the work of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the responses of... Absolutely. Like, all of it fits completely character-wise. And so I have no problem with knowing that this is probably one of those other stories that John's talking about at the yep. end of the book that was recorded at some point, and then some copyist at some point, you know, in, in Greek said, oh, this is going in. 
you know, this is one of those, you know. Yep. Well, so, and I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's there because it yes. actually, again, it consistent with who Jesus is and, and what he's yes. like, um, doesn't introduce anything new. No. Whereas the other one that gives me the problem, you're probably going there too, is in Mark. Let's go there right now. In Mark, yeah. Let's go there right now. Mark introduces something. Brent loves this one. <laughs> well, it, it's definitely introducing something that's, that's a little weird and pe- people have run with it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the part that's kind of weird to me. If you know this is questionable. So the last. Don't cha- build your whole church around that one thing that's questionable. What's even. <laughs> more weird to me is that it's it's thrown in it's found it seems in a random area of the great commission of totally. basically like the crescendo yeah. of the gospels oh and by the way yeah <laughs> go, go, grab one some, go grab some snakes so so this one is also a chunk um and this one most scholars um agree um doesn't make sense in here like it wasn't originally found in mark's account um, and yet it it's there, and uh, and the ESV puts it in brackets to let us know that it doesn't have to be. Or, yeah. So anyway, go ahead and read this one and tell us why yeah. you love it so much, Brent. <laughs> well, it, it's it's basically um, it, it just explained the resurrection um, that they came couldn't find the body, and then verse nine starts out. Now when he when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Um, that part is consistent with the other things we see. Uh, you know, then he appeared to more people. Um, I'm trying to find the part that, okay, oh, it's, it's, yeah, 15, it's go into all the world, proclaim the gospel. Again, that sounds, you know, correct. Uh, then it says this, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Um, and then it, you know, goes on from there. But that's the part that's... Um, you know, we know that it might not have been original. Mm-hmm. We know that it yeah. might be questionable. We should proceed with caution. Yeah. And then you've got churches, literally, that have yeah. taken this thing and run Just with run it to with become. It. That's what defines them as a church. Right. Is their their serpent handling? Well, and they're and it's like, well, yeah. To be to be fair, shouldn't it? If this is real, that almost should define all of us as the church because it's saying this will define what a believer looks like. Yeah. So well, I mean, and this is where you have people that say that unless you speak in tongues, you're not really a Christian. Exactly. Unless right. you handle snakes. So we know. actually have something that that matters here. That's yeah. That's problematic if if it's actually belongs in there. But the earliest Greek manuscripts we have right. don't have it in there. Right. Yeah. So would someone then say like, okay, you guys can run around and pick and choose what you think is canon worthy and what's not canon worthy, and you know what I mean? I guess that's where the kind of questioning comes in, like yeah. of reliability of what we're all using as English speaking. When you look at what agrees um, versus what other things. Yeah. With every, you know, I mean the majority, I I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but almost because we saw that with John seven, like it it agrees with the character, the person, the work. Okay. And and again, then you start getting into the subjective thing. Well, who decides what agrees? Well, this clearly is something that, uh, you know, you can go other places and see that, I mean, in fairness, you can go to the book of Acts and Paul got bit by a snake and he, and he survived. He lived. Yeah. So, so, you know. So that would be a true statement in his case. Can God save us from, you know, deadly poisonous Absolutely. snakes that yeah. bite us? Of course he can. Is that the test of a Christian? Like yeah. if you get bit by a snake and die, well, I guess he wasn't. Have really you ever gone on? And that's what makes it weird is that when you take, take those, you know, just sure. a few words yes. and, and build a doctrine or yes. build a church around just a few yes. words, Correct. right? The, the larger point of that is is going into the world and proclaiming the gospel and, and, yeah. and God being with you till the end of the age, yeah. right? Yeah. I remember going on YouTube one time. It was actually like recommended as a thing, and I thought, gosh, that looks kind of entertaining. And it was about the snake handling churches because there's churches out there that actually part of 
their sacraments yeah. <laughs> or to stand up there with a, a snake at some point of the worship service and um, hoop, you know, hoop and holler and go look at me. And how many of these guys have been like fatally bitten and died was like part of the deal, you yeah. know? So well, that, had, it's just, it's, it's weird what it, they had know, sin in yeah. their lives, David. That's why it happened. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly they didn't, it. Didn't you, know, you, know, you know a version of the Bible they yeah. read too? Yeah. <laughs> just saying. Are exactly. they these actually, guys we're talking about? There's actually one of those in Oregon. Yeah, uh, up, I think in Oregon City, but some, somewhere in the Portland yeah. area that like they kind of make some frequent headlines about those kinds of things. Yeah, they don't take their kids to doctors, and you know, for sure, like kids have died, and mm-hmm. for sure, because for sure. of that, for sure, that's where it gets. Yeah, weird. yeah. So we can we can definitely see when you go to the Book of Acts, we can see the disciples casting out demons and speaking in tongues, and we can Correct. see Paul being bit by a snake, yep. and dude's cool, but it's not. It's not normative of what we see, and it's not what we see with every believer. We see it with right. the 12, capital A, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, and so just in, in fairness, if you see something bracketed that's, that, that may or may not have been in the original, um, just proceed with caution. You right. Know? That, yeah. that just, that's just logical. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it agrees with everything else we see in Scripture— all right. Yeah, for good. sure. If it if it seems to have some controversy or some maybe okay, maybe we shouldn't, you know, just right. be careful. That, that just seems logical. Exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't make me not trust my Bible. No, for sure. So let, right. let's look at the majority of the differences um, real quick. I pulled up Matthew twelve because it's just an easy one that we teach through not not too long ago. Um, verse forty six says, while he that's Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking them to speak. Verse forty seven is gone. It goes straight to verse 48, but he replied to the man who told him. Verse 47, the only addition is that the man then turned to Jesus and said, hey, your mom and your brother. So it's actually repeating that, which verse 46 already said. This is what we find most commonly in the differences. It's just something that's unnecessary, like that that just doesn't need to be there twice or whatever it's already. So so I'm going to throw this out here now. I was going to wait, but um, there is a website this guy has put together, Mm. and it's called uh, KJV parallelbible.org mm-hmm. and, and what it does is it takes um, the 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 critical text and the King James yeah. basically and it, it puts them next to each other and it shows you every difference that you would find if it, you know in what that was translated yeah. and it is it's it's like a big nothing burger yes there's nothing there <laughs> correct so I, I was just surprised to look at it. I went even to some passages that I was really curious about yes. and looked and, and again, names are a little different. It might say of instead of with or right. from instead of, you know, I mean, there's just little things like this. It really doesn't change the but meaning. But the King James only, this is this is why maybe they need to be rebuked a little bit, are trying to make something out of nothing Correct. Right. for whatever reasons. So like, yeah. do you guys get royalties from, like, King James sales or what? <laughs> like, it makes no sense that they're disturbing other Christians' faith yeah. over Agreed. something yeah. where there's no grounds for it no, at I mean, all, go, period. Go check that out if you're if you're curious. And, I mean, I was I was fascinated by... The fact that it's just not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't change anything we believe. It doesn't change anything we teach. It doesn't change anything about Jesus or his work or salvation. For sure. Right. Nothing. For sure. And the KJV only people act like it changes everything. Yeah. No, for sure. So let's, let's go a little farther into this. You've already spoken to it a little bit, Chad, you too. Um, <clears throat> knowing that, that there's a discrepancy, but that there are these kind of discrepancies. They're not, nothing that challenges actually... Um, primary doctrine in any way, can we trust our English Bibles? Because I, I, I think that that's what the, the KJV people are right. doing, is saying you can't trust any English Bible. Like, you can only trust this English Bible. Like, what, what say you guys? As pastors, we have people in our congregation that are using yeah. all kinds of different, you know, English translations. And we can get... We actually probably should well, talk about this for a minute. That's my first yeah. question is... Okay, I'm what, assuming... Yeah, with, you, with you guys, I'm assuming a formal... 
<laughs> translation. <laughs> yeah. A, 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 yeah. A, a formal equivalent. Like, can we trust them? Can you trust your ESV? And can you trust your King James? Can you pick this one up on Monday and read it? Can you pick yeah. that one up on Tuesday and read it? I think yeah. the, the bigger question is, can we trust God? It well, is. I mean, if, if, if God is the Chad. author of the Bible, <laughs> right, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to, right. to fallible men, right. if, if God is the author of it all, can, can we trust that even, in, even written by fallible people, people that are subject to error, that, that God has communicated what he intended to exactly communicate? Exactly what he wanted to communicate, right? yeah. yeah. Well, and again, you, what you're keying in on is the fact that we can, by faith, trust yes. our Bibles. Yes. But, yeah. but again, you're always going to find people that are going to, well, there's yes. a contradiction here, there's something right. wrong here, yeah. but by faith... God did this one, but not that one. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, be, I believe in the, in the original manuscripts, God worked miraculously through men to give us a perfect yeah. rendition of the Bible. Yeah, but I, I believe in the normal way that he is, you know, works in his providential ways, he, he's continued to maintain what we need for life Absolutely. and godliness. Yeah. Consistently. He's yeah. able yes. to do that. I mean, this, yes. is, this, is the, this is the God who can do anything, yes. you know... We, we can imagine, yes. and he can he put together a Bible for us to hold on to right yes. now that will benefit us yeah. yes. 2,000 years later? Yes. Yes. And honestly, this is why I like the idea of the majority text quite a bit, is just because it, it, it's a compilation. It doesn't matter if it came from here, came from there, came was right. found uh, in, in this year or found in this year. It takes everything that we have that we know is authentic, um, Greek manuscript-wise, and then takes everything that agrees across it, and records it. And I just, yeah. I like that. I like that idea. I even love, again, part of the, let's just go ahead and talk about this right now. Well, let me just say what? real quick. Yeah. Go the, the, this doesn't mean that we have, have an empty faith, right? That says, oh, no. well, God wrote the Bible. Oh, oh, I guess that's, it is what it is, right? Like there's, there's evidence and there's, no, there's, if we, there's, there's a reason that yes. we can look at our Bibles aside from the fact we that started here authored by God. The number of copies. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So for all the, the things we've already mentioned, overwhelming, yes. right? Yeah. It, it, it all plays into it. So anyway. mm-hmm. Yeah. What translation have you settled on, Chad, and why? Uh, I, I, did you prepare for this question? I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've settled on the ESV. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I grew up, so I grew up in the church, and uh, when I was a kid, I had, I had an NASB, and I didn't even know what it was when I was a kid. I just, no. It was just the Bible, right? Didn't, as a kid, weren't aware that there were other translations, whatever, and, sure. uh, and then like moved to NIV. Uh, and had that, you know, for a long time, and then went to, to NKJV and New King James. Uh, but I've settled on the ESV just because uh, I like the way that it reads. Yeah. Um, Does it have anything to do with the fact that it's critical text as source? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, it, okay. it's. I, I, I feel like I, I was going to say I feel like it's a reliable translation, but I don't mean to say that there are yeah, un- yeah, yeah, unreliable. Sure. I don't, I'm not trying to bag on other good good right. translations, but uh, it's just, for me, one that I prefer. You know, I'll, I'll look at other translations, like I'm sure you guys do, in the, yeah. in the process of, of reading and, and sermon prepping and those for kinds sure. of things. Um, but I, I just like the ESV. Yep. Cool. So you're settled on the ESV? Yeah, yeah it's me too. I like that the elect standard version. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's too reformed for me. <laughs> English standard version. Uh, it's... Uh, it's what I've landed on too, but I same same path. I mean, somebody when I first became a Christian, somebody gave me a King James Bible. Yeah, I was lost. Yeah, I was trying to read it. I yeah. couldn't understand Elizabethan English. You know, for yeah. some reason, I was a pothead. Yeah. you know, who just came to <laughs> yeah. faith, and and it didn't make any sense to me, and I was struggling with it. And yeah. uh, and somebody gave me an NIV. Yeah, and I loved it. I, I ate it up. I read it cover mm-hmm. to cover. You know, repeatedly, and and yeah. um, and then at some point, somebody challenged me like more of a as I began to study and things, you know, a study Bible would be a better thing. Not, not like a, with notes necessarily, something that's more, more of a, a formal, for sure, know, yeah. literal translation. So I, yeah. And then I switched to the new King James for quite a while. And then, so we went know, on, yeah. we all went on the same path then. I was the exact yeah. same when I was, uh, uh, 
when I first became a serious Christian, but a very new Christian, it was a King James. That's just what the people around me, the guy that was discipling me, that's what they were using. I do find, this is weird, but to this day, I will remember a memory verse, yeah. a verse I, I memorized sure, in King it. James. Yeah. And I think it has to do with the poetic language of it mm-hmm. that actually helps you to navigate through a verse or to remember a verse. So a lot of my, I know more verses me- memorized in King James than I do anything else than it was in IV because it was just more readable. I had no yeah. idea that it was a yep. dynamic equivalent rather than a formal. We'll talk about that for a second. But NIV was the next one, and I ate it up. I was actually able to learn things in my Bible, like people's stories, narratives, all that stuff, and then ended up with the ESV because I just, uh, first of all, it's readable, but second of all, it's yeah. trustworthy as a formal equivalent. So let's go through that real quick because a lot of people don't realize why do we have a gazillion, and in fact, skeptics will ask you this, non-believers, when you're talking to them, like, why are there so many English translations? And a lot of people don't understand why there's so many versions of English Bibles out there. So one of you guys want to hit it? It kind of begs a, a side question that I've never really thought about until, you know, <laughs> thinking about this. Like, do other languages have as many translations? I think some of them do. I think it depends on how um, developed their yeah. civilization sure. is. Sure, yeah. Yeah, not as many as we probably think. But thinking of kind of yeah. first world countries that I speak agree. other languages, I, I wonder if they have you know, the amount of translation. I mean, yeah, you, you've got, got you've English. got you've got doctrine, you've got uh, denominations like so the the Douay Rames or whatever. That's the one that the Catholics pretty much have stuck with, mm-hmm. um, and they're probably not going to vary from it. Um, the Lutherans typically, you know, the the version that Martin Luther wrote, yep. um, still in German countries are that's the, that's the Bible they use. Yep. Um, the, the mainline churches have a specific one that they kind of gravitate. So there's part of it is a doctrinal thing, yeah, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with the the readability of it. We Bible. over here like to personalize everything to what Correct. we enjoy and, right. and, and yeah. what we're like, and so that's why we have a million of these. Well, reform, we like reform churches typically typically go with the ESV. I mean, yes, it's yeah. pretty normal. So yes. um, if you've got more of a you know Pentecostal church, they're going to have a bent. The you know they're, sure. they're, that's part of it, but a lot of it for for just the everyday Christian, it's the it's the readability of the Bible. Yeah. Um, that that plays into it, and so. You know, something like the King James for me was hard to read. It's a, yeah. beautiful, it's a wonderful Bible. I, 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 I'm not knocking it, but for me, it was hard to read. The New American Standard, because they've tried to be so so literal with it, it's so very exact. choppy yeah. and it's hard to read. They exactly. tried not yeah. to change the sentence structure much yeah. from the original, so it is. It's a great translation, not a good, you know, one yeah. that's easy. The to readability read. is a challenge. ESV to me is a nice yep. place in between those where you can it's, accuracy it's easy to read and readability. It's accurate. NIV, which is the you know dynamic equivalent, which yes. means you know thought for thought yes. um, or phrase for phrase, as yes. opposed to word for word. The heart of yeah. whatever. And it is. so yeah. it's not bad, but there's going to be more. If you're studying, <laughs> if you're wanting to really study, like um, articulate, like yeah. what scriptures like actually saying and teaching, then you wouldn't want a dynamic. There's more interpretation right. involved in those. Somebody had to go. There's okay, more let, embellishing. Let's let's make this yes. understandable. So they're they're putting yep. it, they're, at some point you've got yes. to you've got to put it in your own words a little bit to yes. make it you know understandable. Again, there's teams of people that join together for these things. Yes. The NIV might have been too many people. It was like a hundred people, and some of them probably shouldn't have been in that group. <laughs> but but you know usually you've got more than you know like Erasmus when he put together the Texas Receptus. I think it might have just been him. Yes. You know I like it better when there's a group of people sure. doing it. Um, yeah. But no, it was Mirac- Erasmus that was collecting things. Yeah. And then as it they, it went through different editions, there were people that would come in and, yeah. and clean it up and speak to it. And so, yeah, that's why it became like the definitive 
edition. Well, like yeah, the Living yeah. Bible. They got combed over one pretty dude good. put together the Living Bible, which is a paraphrase. That was my Not, first Bible given to yeah. me by my mom because yeah. it, had, it had rad pictures in it. <laughs> to this day, the pictures are rad. I'll so, open that thing. So that's, on, that's, like, scary. that's scary to me, though. You got one guy no, that's a paraphrase, which means you put it in his own words. Eugene Peterson did the same thing with the message. I was going to say, what do you think about what? Eugene well, if, if you understand what it is and what they were doing, I mean, Eugene Peterson literally Would that be said, like Joseph Smith writing a book? <laughs> <laughs> he was using the Bible. The Eugene's but, rad, by the way. Well, he he's just, a man. He, he basically said, I sat down in my den yep. and had fun just putting it in my own yep. words. Well, understand that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. it was almost he, like a bucket not, list thing for him to do. He wasn't trying to say, this is the word of God. He didn't say that. It was yeah. a paraphrase. So just know what you're holding. Yes. So to recap, where do we get... I don't know. I wouldn't even venture to guess how many English translations or not translations, versions of the Bible that we have on our bookshelves in Barnes and Noble. Like it's got to be thousands and thousands and thousands of different ones. But basically there are three categories when it comes to any Bible. And that is a formal equivalent translation, which means a word for word. You're trying to be as accurate as you can from the original manuscripts that you ha- can. So that would be considered a King James. That would be considered uh, uh, ESV, CSB, right? NASB. Yes. Yeah. So, so you've got a few different Bibles because they're formal equivalents. Okay. Then this is where it starts to really blow open. Then you have dynamic equivalences, which is what you talked about, about the NIV, which they don't care about word-for-word accuracy. They care about thought-for-thought. They want you to understand the basically the overall heart of what's being said. So there's a lot of embellishing and a lot of adding. It's still somewhat accurate. It's definitely not word-for-word. And there's a gazillion of these yep. style Bibles out there. And then the, the bigger one is the paraphrase. We have even more of these, and a paraphrase is not considered a translation. It's considered a paraphrase. Um, and that is when someone just sits down and says, I'm going to do my what I think. Right. Like the yeah. way that I read the Bible, this is what I think about right. how I read the Bible and what I see. And it's it, not it's it, not a translation. It used to be if, if it said version, so you know the yes. new, new International Version, it meant that it was a translation yeah. and not a paraphrase. Which they do translate <laughs> that from the... I agree, but now yeah. I don't even trust version anymore. No, I agree. Because, I, I agree. because you've I got totally like the, the contemporary English version. I, I call it the close enough version because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's just not... I, I don't sure. even know what they're doing. And then yeah. there's the passion and there's the, the voice. There's a lot of weird ones out there that I would stay clear of personally. Yeah. Or at least just know if you're reading it. I like to read, like you said, you know, yeah. 12 different versions, just kind of get a feel for different things. Yes. But but try to stick with something that's a formal equivalent if you totally can. Agreed, totally agreed, um, totally. When you're trying to learn about things. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so so, so in a nutshell, the reason why we have so many English versions <laughs> out there is not because there's a ton of manuscripts that different people are using. They're all right. using the same source. It's because of the intention of the publisher that's putting out the ver- like what they're trying to do. Money, baby. Yeah. And so money. That's why there's a gazillion of them. It's not I didn't want to say all it, kinds of different manuscripts. There's money to be made in the selling of Bibles, unfortunately. Yeah, there is. Yes. All right. Final question. We got to go eat. Uh, what version do you recommend people use? <laughs> the one that you're preaching, Adam? I, mean, I think it depends on the person. I mean, I mean, we've already said kind of what we like, right? Yeah. Where, where yeah. we where we land. Yeah. Um, but you know, depending on you know a person's you know level, if you will, of reading and and what. I mean, kind of given all that we've said about the, you know, paraphrases versus formal and dynamic equivalents mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there, there's variables, I guess that's, that's my point. And I don't know that I would always say that everybody should just have this version sure. all the time. For sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think a newer believer or somebody that's new to the faith, I still think the NIV, uh, you know, the, the 70, 1971 NIV is still a good, it, it did me 
wonderful. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I think the New Living Translation, so not the Living yeah, Bible, yeah, yeah. but the New Penalty Living New Translation Living. Yeah. is is actually um, a pretty good one to read. There's a couple other ones out there. I can't remember one the one Jordan used to yeah. like. There was one that was called God's Word, and there's another one that was something else. But yeah. um, I would just say, again, if you're reading one of those uh, as a daily reader, that can be helpful. But but just understand when, you, when it comes to really learning, I would stick with one of the like ESV. Yeah, for sure. And as we've said, the ESV is easy to read. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very readable. Yeah, I think I would stick with that. Yeah. And that's usually what I what I, I suggest, even when newer believers come in, because yeah. it's re- the, of the readability. And I know they're not really going to be able to get sideways with something that um, right. is contained in yeah. it. Um, I'm fine if, if, if it's hard for somebody with saying, hey, go look at your NIV for a while. You sure. know what I mean? Go read through that. Um, I would actually recommend, I carried one of these around for a while when I was really getting into kind of studying my Bible and stuff, a parallel. Um, yeah. Because a, a, a parallel is basically like four different versions in, in one Bible, and they're all just side by side so that you can literally just move your eyes when you're going through to see what maybe the differences are or what other people are using. That's kind of why I had it, because in a Bible study, everybody's yeah. using a different version. So it was, it was a way for me to somewhat keep track of How big sure, was what this people thing? were doing. You <laughs> know? No, so it's like walking around with a block of concrete, dude. Like, that's the problem, is this thing is massive, it's heavy. It's yeah, it's not it's not fun. Yeah. You know, the writing's small because there's so much. You know, sure. there's four Bibles so that's in another, one. That's another great question: is what size font should we use? Now? So I have a 17 <laughs> at home, and people make fun of me because of how big it is. It's huge. I've seen it. And that Bible's big to carry around yeah. too. Like it's super. I heavy. mean, the bigger the font, the the better. You know, the more the spirit, more spiritual, more spiritual you are. Yeah, yeah the so. more God you get. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, and it's it's worth mentioning too that you know we just we live in an era where we have information at our fingertips, totally. and so you know even if you know someone would have some difficulty reading the Bible, like there's so much available on the internet, and maybe another discussion for another time about how to pick and choose what's mm-hmm. reliable as far as you know commentaries and information. But there's a lot of helps available for out sure. there uh, as well. Yeah, with what we talked about today, even as far as the history, uh, original Greek manuscripts, how many they are, when they came about. Um, who uses what, like, it's a rabbit hole. Like, you can literally, there's a ton of resources and information that you can go find if you're more interested in what we talked about today. Hopefully it wasn't super confusing. Um, But uh, But God's bigger than uh, the Textus Receptus and the critical text, and they they really do agree. Like, where it matters, they agree. Yeah, right. Okay, that's That's kind of the point. That's the big big idea. That's the big takeaway. Trust your Bible. It's it's the Word of God, and it's, it's, you know, what a gift we have. Yep. Yep. So, All right, one of you guys... Pray us out, please. All right. Father, uh, thank you that you've given us this word. Thank you for uh, the people that have sacrificed so much uh, to get it to us, Lord, uh, that we're so privileged here mm-hmm. in this country to have uh, not one but several Bibles available to us. And I, we know that there are there are um, brothers and sisters out there that would um, just give anything to have just a, a page. And so um, thank you that you've given it to us in abundance. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us to trust it. Help us to love it, to study it, to memorize it, and to draw closer to you through it, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.